Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Aren't adventurers supposed to have a specific purpose? What are you doing on this quest? Just meeting strangers? Yep, my purpose is to have no purpose. Though, I sort of find purpose as I go. My basket! It's missing! I have tried many means of defense, but none have yet proven successful. I just wish someone would succeed in getting that darn sword. I am under attack by this ruffian! I want to be big and strong and fight evil. I have hope that if you show up at her door, she might listen. Want to help me yell at them? With your sword? In a threatening manner? Sidequesting is a fantasy podcast about avoiding the main plot. It follows Ryan, an adventurer who's willing to help just about anyone out, as long as they're not being asked to deal with that scary wizard everyone keeps talking about. Subscribe today on your favorite podcast app. It's me, Birdie, the conductor of the story train. I'm the one that wears a green baseball cap with a little white birdie on the front and my favorite overalls. All aboard the story train! Find a comfy seat. We're about to leave the station, and you know what that means. We're going someplace new. One whistle, we're on our way. I wonder where Story Train will lead us this time. We're entering the Rainbow Tunnel. Hold on, everyone. It's off to far, far away. This is so exciting. Just on the other side of the short rainbow tunnel lies our destination. That was quick. We're already at the end of the tunnel. Oh, I know this place. We're in a lovely cottage that smells of freshly cut wood. I wonder who we will meet here. Today's story is about a little boy with big plans. It's called... Tom Thumb. A woodworker sat in his cottage one night, puffing on his pipe by the fireside, while his wife sat by his side reading a book. Ah, how lonely it is, wife, said the woodworker, as he puffed out a long curl of smoke, for you and me to sit here by ourselves, without any children to play about and amuse us, while other people seem so very happy and merry with their little ones. Ah, what you say is very true, said the wife, and turned the page of her book with a sigh. How happy would I be if I had even one child, even if the child was very, very small, even if the child was no bigger than my thumb. I would be filled with a great love, I would be very happy, and I would love the child so dearly. Now, odd as you may think it, 
it came to pass that this good woman's wish came true, just in the very way she had wished it. For not long afterwards, she had a little boy, who was quite healthy and strong, but who was not much bigger than the size of her thumb. So the woodworker and his wife said, Well, we certainly got exactly what we wished for, and little as our child is, we love him dearly. And with that, they named him Tom Thumb. They fed Tom plenty of food, but he never grew bigger. He kept just the same size as he had been when he was born. Still, his eyes were sharp and sparkling, and he soon proved himself to be a clever little fellow. What he lacked in physical size, he more than made up for with serious smarts. One day, as the woodworker was getting ready to go into the woods, he said, Ugh, I wish I had someone to bring the cart after me, for I really do want to move quickly today. Oh, father, cried Tom, I will take care of that. The cart will be in the wood by the time you want it. Then the woodworker laughed and said, How can that be, my dear Tom? You cannot reach up to the horse's bridle to guide him with the cart. Never mind about that, father, said Tom. If my mother will harness the horse, I will get into his ear and tell him which way to go. Well, said the father, I suppose we can try it your way, Tom. So when the time came, Tom's mother harnessed the horse to the cart and put little Tom into the horse's ear. And as he sat there, Tom told the horse how to go, crying out, Go on! and stop! as he wanted. And so the horse went on just as well as if the woodworker himself was riding. As the horse started to pick up speed and go a little too fast, and Tom was calling out gently, gently in its ear, two strangers came up. Huh, what an odd thing this is, said one to the other. There's a cart going along the path behind this horse, and I hear a rider talking to the horse, but yet I can see no rider. That is very odd indeed, said the other stranger. Let us follow the cart and see where it goes. So they went on into the wood, with the two strangers following the horse and cart secretly from a distance, until at last they came to the place where the woodworker was. Then Tom Thumb, seeing his father, cried out, See, father, here I am with the cart, all right and safe. Now take me down. So his father took hold of the horse with one hand, and with the other took his son out of the horse's ear, and put him down upon a straw, where Tom Thumb sat happily, pleased as punch to have helped his father out successfully. The two strangers were hidden, watching all of this unfold, and did not know what to say to each other they were so amazed. At last one stranger whispered to the other, That little urchin will make our fortune if we can get him, and carry him about from town to town as a show. We must buy him. So they went up to the woodworker, and asked him what he would take for the little man. He will be better off, said they, with us than with you. Oh, I won't sell him at all, said the father. My own flesh and blood is dearer to me than all the silver and gold in the world. But Tom, hearing of the bargain the strangers wanted to make, crept up his father's coat to his shoulder and whispered in his ear, Take the money, father, and let them have me. I'll soon come back to you. 
So the woodworker listened to his clever son, and traded Tom to the strangers for a large piece of gold. Then Tom's father wept and wept as his little son set off into the world without him. Where would you like to sit? Said one of the strangers to Tom Thumb. Oh, put me on the rim of your hat. That will be a nice spot for me. I can walk about the rim and see the countryside as we go along. So they did as little Tom Thumb wished. They journeyed on until the sun began to set, and then Tom Thumb said, "Oh, let me down from this hat rim. I'm quite tired." So the man took off his hat and put Tom down on a clod of earth in a plowed field by the side of the road. Clever Tom used the opportunity. He ran about and at last slipped into an old mouse hole. "Good night, silly strangers," said Tom Thumb. "I'm off." When Tom was sure that the men were gone, he came out of his hiding place. "Hmm, it is quite dangerous," he said, "in this plowed field. If I were to fall from one of these great clods, I would undoubtedly break my little neck." At last. He found a large, empty snail shell. Oh, this is lucky," said Tom Thumb. "I can sleep here very well." And in he crept. Just as he was falling asleep, he heard two different men passing by, chatting together. And one said to the other, "How can we rob that rich banker's house of his silver and gold?" "I'll tell you," cried Tom. "Huh? What noise was that?" said the thief. Frightened, oh, I'm sure I heard someone speak. The thieves stood still, listening, and Tom cried out, "Take me with you, and I'll soon show you how to get the banker's money." But where are you? They said. Look about on the ground," answered Tom, "and listen to where the sound comes from." At last, the thieves found Tom Thumb and lifted him up in their hands. "You little urchin," they said. "What can you do for us?" Why I can get between the iron window bars of a banker's house and throw you out whatever you want. Hmm, that's actually a really good thought," said the thieves. "Come along then, we'll see what you can do." When they came to the banker's house, Tom slipped through the window bars into the room and then called out as loud as he could bawl, "Will you have all that's here?" At this, the thieves were frightened and said, "Softly, softly, speak low, that you may not wake anybody up." But Tom seemed as if he didn't understand them and bawled out again, "Come on now, how much will you have? Shall I throw it all out?" Now the banker's cook was sleeping in the next room, and hearing a noise, she raised herself up in her bed and listened. Meantime, the thieves were very frightened and ran off a little way. But at last, they plucked up their hearts and courage and said, "Ah,、oh, the little urchin is only trying to make fools of us." So they came back and whispered softly to him through the bars, saying, "Come on now, let us have no more of your little jokes, but throw us out some of the money." Then Tom called out as loud as he could, "Very well, hold your hands, here it comes." Well, at this, the cook heard Tom's words quite clearly, so she sprang out of bed and ran to open the door. The thieves took off as if it was a wolf at their tails, and the cook, having groped about and found nothing and no one, went away for a bit. By the time she came back from her search, Tom had slipped off into the barn, and when she had looked about and searched every hole and corner and found nobody, 
the cook finally went to bed, thinking she must have just been dreaming with her eyes open. Tom Thumb crawled about in the hayloft of the barn, and at last found a snug place to finish his night's rest. So he laid himself down, meaning to sleep until daylight, and then find his way home to his father and mother. But alas, Tom Thumb's fortune took a turn for the worse. The cook woke up early, before daybreak to feed the cows, as was her habit. She went straight to the hayloft, carried away the large bundle of hay that Tom Thumb was sleeping in, and plopped it down in front of the cows. Tom didn't wake up until he found himself in the mouth of a cow, and before he knew it, he'd been swallowed and was now in the cow's stomach. Oh, it is rather dark in here, said poor Tom Thumb, who felt very sorry for himself. Now Tom did not like being inside the cow at all, and the worst part of it was that more and more hay was always coming down into the cow's stomach, and the space left for him became smaller and smaller. At last he cried out as loud as he could, Don't bring me any more hay! Don't bring me any more hay! Well, the cook happened to be milking the cow, and hearing someone speak, but seeing nobody, and yet being quite sure it was the same voice that she'd heard in the night, oh, she was so frightened that she fell off her stool and overset the milk pail. As soon as she could pick herself up and out of the dirt, she ran off as fast as she could back to her employer, the banker, and said, Sir, sir, the cow is talking. But the banker laughed, saying, oh, But that is madness. However, he went with her into the barn to try and see what was the matter. Scarcely had they set foot in the barn when Tom called out, Don't bring me any more hay! Then the banker himself was very frightened, and thinking the cow was surely bewitched, he called the veterinarian, who performed a surgery to see whatever was the matter with this cow who could suddenly talk. When the veterinarian was performing surgery on the poor cow, Tom took the opportunity to hop out of its stomach. But as he was still covered in intestines, he didn't get too far away from the banker's farmhouse before a wolf smelled blood and swallowed Tom up whole in one gulp and ran away. Tom, however, was still not disheartened. And thinking the wolf might like having someone to chat with him as he was going along, he called out, My good friend, I can show you a famous treat. Where's that? said the wolf. And with that, Tom Thumb launched his plan and gave the wolf directions to his father's and mother's house. From inside the wolf's stomach, he said, Once you've arrived, you can crawl through the drain into the kitchen and then into the pantry, and there you will find cakes and ham and beef, cold chicken, roast pig, apple dumplings, and everything that your heart might wish for. Well, the wolf didn't need to be asked twice, and so that very night he went to the house and crawled through the drain into the kitchen and then into the pantry and ate and drank there to his heart's content. As soon as he'd had enough, he wanted to get away, but the wolf had eaten so much that he couldn't fit out of the drain the same way he'd come in. This was exactly what Tom had thought would happen, and now he began to set up a great shout, making all the noise he could. Stop that, said the wolf. You'll wake up everybody in the house if you make such a clatter in my stomach. What's the problem for me, said little Tom Thumb. You've had your feast, and now it's my turn to be merry myself in here. And so Tom continued on, singing and shouting as loud as he could. 
the woodworker and his wife, being wakened up by the noise, peeped through a crack in the door. When they saw a wolf was there in their pantry, they were frightened, and the woodworker ran for his axe. Tom heard his father running about and cried out, Father, father, I am here. The wolf has swallowed me. And his father said, Happy day. We have found our dear child again. And with that, the woodworker knocked the wolf out with his axe and set Tom Thumb free. Ah, said his father, we have been so worried about you. Yes, father, answered Tom Thumb. I have traveled all over the world, I think, in one way or other since we parted, and now I am very glad to come home and get fresh air again. Why, where have you been? asked his mother. Well, Tom Thumb said, I've been in a mouse hole, and in a snail shell, and down a cow's throat, and in the wolf's belly, and yet here I am again, safe and sound. Well, said his parents, you've returned, and we will not part with you again for all the riches in the world. Then they hugged and kissed their dear little son, and gave him plenty to eat and drink, for he was very hungry. And then they gave him new clothes, for his old ones had been quite spoiled on his journey. So little Tom Thumb stayed at home with his father and mother in peace. For though he had been so great a traveler, and had done and seen so many fine things, and was fond enough of telling the whole story, he always agreed that, after all, there's no place like home. It's time for us to head back to Pflugerville. Here comes the Rainbow Tunnel. Come back and see me again. You never know where the story train will take us. And if you like stories, search for Go Kid Go wherever you listen, and you'll find lots of great adventures. See you next time! Go Kid Go! Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you. And the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.